studio, Roy Evans, uh, producing today's show. Here's what the guest menu looks like. Of course, Charles Edmund, uh, guest menu, he'll join me. Uh, also, after Charles Edmund, the Jim Klein-Peter, he covers Southern University Athletics for the Advocate. Then, uh, Ossie Clark of the Grambling State Radio Network. Then we'll be joined by Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football and then last but not least, uh, Rod Walker of the New Orleans Advocate. We'll kind of mix it up a little bit, talk a little New Orleans Saints and NFL. Uh, let me say good morning to Charles Evan as he's prepared to join us. Charles, good morning. Good morning, Carlos. How are you? Well, I, I'm, I'm okay, but I could <laughs> be happier. Um, we're going to have some uh, discussions on the show, and uh, I'm going to try to promise to be calm, cool, and collect. You don't think I'll be able to do it? <laughs> After that Bayou Classic, I, I think people are still pulling their hair out. And if you don't have any hair left, I don't either. And that was a hair puller if you're a Jaguar fan. Just frustrating for sure. Yeah, I mean, what else can I do? Shave my eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know, but... Uh, Let's just get right into it. Uh, Jaguars, a losing season. It was guaranteed a losing season, even if they won the football game. And, Charles, we both predicted that Southern would win, although we said Grandma State was going to be a, a tough out. Let me do this. Congratulations to Coach T. Graves, affectionately known as Coach T, and to the G-Men, Grandma State. First and foremost, they came out and got it done. Congratulations to them. 29 and 26, Southern University dropped to four and seven overall on the season. Three and five. Yeah, that, that, that's doggone painful. Underachieved. We talked about it, Charles, a team that was built for the championship. I drunk the Kool Aid with Coach Rollins. You remember? I said, let's. I said, I'd give him a three year contract. I think I should be punished for that. <laughs> I should be punished for that. But yes, I dropped the Kool Aid. This team underachieved, undisciplined. Charles, I saw some things on, on, on the replay, the television, the camera angles of players, you know, getting into it with coaches, shouting at coaches. Star player walks to the dressing room and comes back unacceptable. And that's just a microcosm of the that game of the whole season. And then 500 yards gave up a total defense. That's the same doggone defense we saw against Texas Southern. Birdview 500 yards. And then for the love of you know what. 347 yards rushing. Brownland State just dashed Southern University. Once again, you're going to hear this word often, unacceptable. 
Okay, Charles, I need a break. Go. You can comment on, on what you saw. I mean, it's, you know, when, when I look at Southern in totality, one week the offense can't get it going, they can't get a yard on two or three games. Then some games against all four, they're running the football well, they look pretty good. And then some games defensively, they just can't get off the field. I mean, so, and even what you talked about, and I didn't see it on some of the replays, but you saw it obviously. Some of the off the field stuff, you know, you, you can't get into it with your coaches. I know it's a competitive sport, you know, the adrenaline's flowing, but but you can't have that. So it, it, it's it's a season that came apart at the scene slowly but surely. It reared its ugly head at the end. And something has to be done. And, and you know, we, we talked about it last week. What do you do if you're the Jaguar Nation or if you're the Southern Administration? What do you do? Do you wipe the slate clean and start over? Um, you know, you're hearing names out there. Uh, and I, I can say this. If it's not Coach Rollins, or even if it is, this Jaguar team is going to look totally different in the offseason. There's going to be some house cleaning, whether there's a new coach or not. There's going to be some house cleaning and probably needed to be, needs to be. So with that, you're going you're gonna to have to deal with that. But it's definitely a disappointing season. I had Southern winning the game because – I felt like they had the more experienced team going into Bayou Classic with Skelton and McDaniel. I thought the defense would get some stops. What Grambling did running the football was just unbelievable. I mean, ground and pound. They just they just ran it down Southern's throat in that last drive. You saw no indication that Southern was going to get off the field at all. And then so as a SWAC fan, you know, I didn't have a dog in the fight. I thought Southern would win the game because of the experience. But Grambling was fighting for dear old Grambling, and he saw that, and they found a way to win the game. Disappointing for, if you're a Jaguar fan, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, Grambling State, 500 yards of uh, uh, total offense, had 70 plays, ran for the line of scrimmage, averaged 7.1 yards per play. That's almost a first down every, every play. Uh, net yards rushing. Of course, I mentioned it, Graham, 347, Southern, 241. Well, Southern did what they did what they had been doing all season, basically running the football. But if, if you just be if you're just brutally honest, to me, I'm just used to a Southern team that has always been balanced. You can go to the Eric, you know, Eric Randall, uh, Austin Howard, I mean Drake Joseph. All of the they've always had a balanced offense. Can you honestly say that this offense is balanced right now? And, and I understand everybody said, well, they didn't run it enough sometimes. But when you went up against a competitive, a popular defensive team that could throw down Southern's rushing attack, were you confident enough for Southern University to be able to pass the football consistently? They did not. So when I look at it, and I'm going to talk about just from my point of view, the needs for this football team going forward, and it'll start with who's going to lead the program. We're, we're going to kind of talk about that. Third down. Southern couldn't get off the field on third long. Every time I have to cringe. I can't look, Charles. It's third and ten. Will Southern get off the field? No. No. And, and I'll be honest. Conversations about, you know, keeping some members of the staff Hell no. No, no. You talk about you know, being patient. Do you have to blow it up? You're going to have to start over. 
But whoever's the head coach, first thing first, they got to come in and grab the bull by the horns and, and, and establish the discipline. I'm also talking about how, as far as scholarships are set up for Southern University, they've put a lot of scholarships, and that was from the previous coach. I'll say it that way, because if I say the previous coach, then I'm a hater. But the way he set up the, the, the scholarships and, and, and the money bank, all of it for defensive linemen and offensive line. You need help at quarterback. You need help at linebacker, the linebacking core, and wide receiver. So here's another thing. Whoever next coach comes in, he's going to look at it. Told you right. You, you're gonna have to cut some people. You're gonna have to cut some scholarships. And your your need your areas of need is what you're gonna have to address. You're, you're straight at offensive line. You're straight at defensive line. But if you got 18 scholarship players on the offensive line, 17 on the defense, I think you can get by with 12 on each side. So that's that's gonna free up some scholarships. And you're gonna need them. You're gonna need them. But from a discipline standpoint. Whoever it is, you've got to come in and, and establish uh, the, the, the discipline. And, Charles, we've already heard it. My phone has not stopped ringing. Text message. Who will be the next coach? Has Coach Rollins been fired yet? You haven't heard anything. The latest I've heard about that, Monday, 12 o'clock. Can't confirm that. Press conference. I'm more comfortable in saying it'll be sometime next week. Could be Monday, could be Tuesday, could be Wednesday. Yep. And and Charles, you've heard it. There's no secret. Eric Dooley is the name you hear. One of the names you hear. So it is a complete situation where you're at the crossroads now if you sudden and Coach Banks has to nail this. He absolutely has to get it right. If not, then you're looking at a whole different situation with a new president slash chancellor coming in. It could it could get tough. Absolutely, it, it could be. I mean, you're talking about from the top down, president, chancellor, AD. You know how the politics work in these type of things. When a new president comes in, wants his own or her own AD. You know, I think Roman Banks has done a nice job. I think, you know, with even with the basketball hire, the baseball hires, he's hired two baseball coaches. This one, he's got to he's got to stick it and, and nail it. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy transformation. It's not going to be an easy transition. Um, you're going to take steps back just because of what you just talked about, undisciplined. I think a new coach will probably clean that up right away. I think a new coach, whoever that coach is, saw the Bayou Classic and sees that you know you got to clean that up. But uh, th this is this has got to work, and it's got to work quickly because what the early signing period's coming up here in, in the next week too. So you 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 got to hit the ground running. I've seen pictures of Fred McNair all over the place recruiting. Coaches are all over the place. The transfer portals busting at the seams. So you can get talent, but it's just a matter of getting the right talent. But you got to have a coach in place. And right now, Southern at this point is Rollins. Right now, come Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, it may be, may not be. I don't know. Yes, you've heard Dooley's name mentioned. Yes, yes. And if that's the case, it's probably a done deal already, but his team's playing in a game today at 3 o'clock. 
So that's probably why you haven't heard anything. But if it, if he is the guy, then you'll know Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, or whatever day that is next week. But the program needs to, to get a leader, needs to get it right here and right now, because you look at Jackson State, you know, they're, they're, they're rolling full speed ahead. AMU going full steam ahead. Got to get somebody in place to be able to hit the ground running and run with the big dogs, if you will. Well, it's going to be interesting because we're going to have different guests, of course. Uh, Jim Klein, Peter coming up, Austin Clark, uh, Brandon B.J. Jones. We'll take a look at FAMU and their disappointing loss to Southeastern. A lot of conversation on social media about that game, uh, Charles. Let, let me read. Um, well, Jamar Scott says, good morning to Coles Brown, Shell, and Charles Edmund. Jamar, good morning to you, sir. I know you're probably going to be somewhere in Jackson. At the Swag Championship. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get predictions. We'll look at that ball game. Um, Marlon says, four and seven, haven't felt this way since 2012, a losing season. And by the way, Coach Odin's first year, four and seven, but they decided to bring him back. And we see what happened. Uh, we saw what happened. Did a good job. Just couldn't beat all corn. Because I know you were happy to see Odin's retained. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that, that's that's the way I feel about that. Second place, even. Uh-oh, I'm going to take a shot here. Even at Norfolk State. Guess what? Guess what? where Norfolk finished, Charles? I don't know. Where, where did they finish? Second place. <laughs> Yeah, second place is going to be it. Jack says Southern has done a terrible job recruiting pure passing quarterbacks during the entire Odoms-Rollins era. And you know what, Jack? I'm going to give you three-fourths partial credit for that. You're absolutely right. Actually, you're right. But, you know, with Odoms and with Rollins and and Coach Odoms, they – they like the read option. They like the option. And I guess that's my point earlier. If you have a balanced attack, Charles, then you're going to have to have a quarterback that can do both equally well. To me, a dual-threat quarterback is one that can do both well. And what you've seen at Southern, even with Coach Odoms and with Coach Rollins as far as scouting, you saw an athlete at quarterback. That's a big difference. You've got to be able to do both equally well. That's my definition of a dual threat quarterback. Jones, go take a timeout. When I come back, uh, visit with Jim Kleinpeter. Charles Elman joining me for hour number one. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. No. Nope. I want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. 
Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles Edmund. Join me in the opening of the show. Now I'm going to visit with Jim Klein, Peter. Jim, good morning to you. Good morning, Carlos. You doing okay, Jim? Yeah, you let me sleep late today. Well, <laughs> that's a good thing with Jim. Let me. We're going to talk. Get your uh, analysis of the uh, 2021 edition of the Southern University football team. But I, I got to ask you: Has your phone been? Reading or text messages about what's going to happen with the football coach? Oh, unbelievable. Well, I've been texting. I've been trying to find out. Um, I haven't been able to get uh, get uh, uh, Roman Banks on the phone, but uh, I I believe he may be waiting until after the SWAC championship game and maybe wants to make an announcement all at one time, but he won't confirm whether or not Jason Rollins will be back. And uh, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious that he won't. Um, so I don't know. I get we're on his timeline. We're on his clock. So I guess we'll just have to wait. Well, don't feel bad. He's not, he's not answering my text message. Nobody, but I still have a source and yeah, you know, I, I, I this whole situation, you know, we'll we'll find out sometime next week, I believe. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, and he did tell me. Uh, I, I talked to him at the uh, at the Bayou Classic press conference, and he said he needs to do something quick. You know, he admitted that um, because of the uh, signing, the early signing date, and getting somebody in place. You got to move faster now. That's that's why all these. That's why you see all these coordinators getting fired in midseason, and, and uh, they, the timetable has moved up. Usually, you could wait until after the last game and everything, and people getting fired all over the place before the season's over. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm. I can't. I don't think he can wait any later than next week. Any later than next Monday or Tuesday. December what fifteenth is early 15th signing is, period is the beginning of the signing period, and. Um, you know, I, I, even that. Uh, it, you know, you got to start uh, uh, scouting the uh, the transfer portal too. That's that's become that's become the biggest variable, I think. Um, 
once you know uh, who your incoming freshman class is, then you go straight to the transfer portal and you start trying to fill gaps. You start looking for somebody where you got a graduating senior you know is not coming back, and you start trying to, uh, you know, cherry pick people to fill gaps that you know you're going to have next year. Well, and then you also another thing you have commitments, and you would like to say commitments commit to playing to for the university, but they also have a relationship with the coach, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure how that works sometimes. I think different coaches have different uh, philosophies about that. Uh, some coaches, if they're especially if they're moving on to another school, try to try to take recruits with them. And some coach, you know, I think Jason would probably tell him to come to Southern. Uh, he's that type of guy. Um, if he's recruiting him to Southern, he'd say sign with Southern. I don't think he knows where he's going to be. Um, I think it would be unlikely that he'd stay on staff, though it's not impossible, because the coaches, the coaching fraternity, um, you know, some some of them have the philosophy of, of cleaning house, and some have uh, the philosophy. Let me bring back, you know, people that can help me uh, uh, maintain what, what they've got going. <clears throat> but when it when somebody's been a head coach, I, I don't think you keep it, somebody who's been a, a, an interim head coach. So he might be moving on. Well, with that being said, and, and once again, we'll find out one day next week. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jim, this season, four and seven, overall, three and five in the conference. The Bayou Classic, was that a microcosm of the whole season as you look back and reflect on it what happened? I, I don't know I, I did not expect Southern to, to, to play so poorly they knew I mean Grambling is a crippled offense they, their best play was the quarterback lead and Southern went into the game knowing that and they couldn't stop it. I mean, they, they were ripping off 36-yard runs just the quarterback taking a snap and picking a hole and running and that wasn't Ladarius Skelton back there running those. Uh, Elijah Walker, who he's a decent athlete, but you know, Southern that was what they'd done all year. And 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 Coach Rollins, you know, talked about how uh, one of the problems they had was getting healthy on defense. They were healthier than they were all season for the Bayou Classic and couldn't stop. Just a, a, an oversimplified crippled offense that uh, that ended up with 500 yards. And I'm, you know, to, to to put it in perspective, Southern, I mean, Grambling did not have a single game with 300 or more yards this year. Not a single game did they, and they had 300 in this game. So I don't want to say Southern quit or didn't show, but they, it looked like they didn't show up on defense. Was that? That in, that in a nutshell, you know, the team came, it seemed like there was no emotion, just lethargic c- coming out. And uh, again, it's just very disappointing because you talk about a team that was built, at least that was my word, built for a championship. Just didn't get it done. It just didn't get it done. Well, I think they don't have a uh, especially on defense. Um, Jordan Lewis was a playmaker for them, and they have not been able to um, turn, get him turned loose 
he's, he's had a couple of injuries. But other than Jordan Lewis, uh, they don't have any playmate. Now, they, they've got guys that really play their hearts out. Like, And I'm thinking of Chase Foster. But he's a 5'7", 165-pound safety in the slack. And I, I just don't – I believe that, you know, although he makes plays and he makes a lot of tackles, I think you can take advantage of a guy like that. He had three interceptions all in one game. Uh, and – He's, a, he's got the heart of a champion, but he just doesn't have the body. And so, now, Glenn Brown's a good player. Uh, uh, he's a shutdown cornerback. He did a good job. Uh, he didn't make a lot. He made a couple of plays. But you see, they don't have that big, hard-hitting safety. They don't have that uh, – uh, Ray Anderson, a linebacker, was a good, solid inside linebacker. But you need the outside guy. You need the pass rush guys. You need a guy in the middle who's uh, penetrating and, and pushing the pockets so the quarterback can up. Gavin Cotton was hurt. Cameron Peterson was hurt. And they're decent tackles. Playmakers. The best playmaker on offense was Ladarius Skelton, and they couldn't get him on the field enough. So there you have it. Do you have a question? Yeah, uh, yeah, Jim. Good, good to see you. Uh, my question to you is, when you look at Southern's season, when do you think it all kind of went, went south? You know, Carlos and I talked about it. The McNeese game, you look at the Texas Southern game, couldn't pick up a yard in the fourth quarter. They win that game. They are still in the race. They look really good against all four trailers six different times and rallying and win that game in the final second. Then against FAMU, disappointing. Let a 10-point lead against Jackson flip away. And then the Bayou Classic. As you covered Southern, when did you see that maybe the season was starting to slip away? Was it just the injuries piling up, or was it one game? Was it one play? Where, where do you see the season turning on the solid note? Well, I, I really think it was the Prairie View game, and it wasn't so much that they lost that game, but they just got overwhelmed. Um, they they played decent in the first half, but they gave up a touchdown right before halftime to Prairie View to, to fall behind by two scores. And then they come out in the second half and they, they, just, they just fell apart. Like the, they, they tried to run a kickoff, the second half kickoff out of the end zone and ended up backed up to their 10 yard line. Then they committed a penalty, a delay a game penalty coming out of halftime. Inexcusable, inexcusable. And then they throw an interception and, and give up a touchdown. And so now they're, they're way behind the stick. They're way behind on the scoreboard. That was the first game that was homecoming, huge crowd, and they just completely fell on their faces. Got got whipped by, uh, gave up 48 points. And it was like, that was kind of like, I think the, the, the team began to doubt itself. Uh, didn't score in the second half, scored, a, a, only scored one, I think, a touchdown in the second half. Uh, didn't uh, started this uh, thing where they would play well in the first half and look like they were getting maybe out coached in the second half every week, you know, not unable to score, unable to to make the play that they needed to get over the hump. So I think it was that Prairie View game actually, uh, and that was like that was the beginning of that four game homestand where they really really could have you know created some, some great momentum. Well, Jim, you know, and I understand that, and I also would take a look at, I guess, the most disappointing, and there, there were many, but that Texas Southern game, wow, defensively, 
And and I guess I'm looking at Coach Washington, NFL experience, played in the NFL, but it just – and I understand about injuries, but it just seems like defensively, like the rest of the team, they were consistently inconsistent. Yeah, the, the, the Washington the, – the Texas Southern game – I mean, they played well enough on offense to win that game. The defense really did let them uh, let them down by giving up so much. And they put the offense in a situation where they needed to make a play and then ended up uh, kind of hoping that the, the referees would get it right. And the referees uh, really – uh, I don't want to use that 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 S word because <laughs> this is a family uh, a Zoom call, right? <laughs> yeah, most of the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, okay, and and I think they were born. It was born out because that 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 uh, officiating staff got suspended, and the replay official got fired after that. There's no way uh, all that should have happened, uh, and but they put it in the officials' hands and. And look what happens. I, I don't know. You know, you they they still had a chance to overcome that game. Uh, beating Prairie View could have would have given them a, a, a tiebreaker against the team that eventually won. And and they lost two games down the road. So you know, who knows what could have happened? If they could have they could have somehow beaten Prairie View. Well, Jim, as we look forward, uh, look to the future. Whoever the coach is. How bare is the cover? Or even if I use that, are they still a team that if they can get the disposition satisfied? Will this team, should we have some patience, as Charles would say, with this football team going forward? Because there's always high expectation. Where, where do you see this football team in the next couple of years? Well, one one thing, and I, I don't want to say this as a positive, but I, they finally, uh, uh, Ladarius Skelton's going to move on, so they've, they he's out of the equation now, and they can move forward with Bubba McDaniel, who I think is a very serviceable quarterback when you surround him with good players. They really desperately need a big play wide receiver, and you know McLean, Marcus Marquis McLean is going to be gone too, and he wasn't quite the guy. You know, he wasn't quite the guy. They couldn't seem to get the ball to him when they really needed. So they need a couple of guys that when one's covered, the other one's open. Um, so they need a big play wide receiver, which is something that it seems like every other SWAC team has. Uh, somebody that they can go to in a pinch uh, and, and somebody that can that is a threat, somebody that will, that will um, – make the defense expand their coverage, uh, back their coverage, back their safeties up, and give them room to operate. Because Bubba can throw the ball. He's a good quarterback, and he's got decent running skills. They can run him occasionally. They can, you know, he can he scrambles out of trouble. Uh, he, he handles himself in the pocket much better than Ladarius. But finally not having Ladarius on the team, uh, they can move on from, from trying to incorporate him, and that's going to help him. Um, you know that their offensive line is going to return three guys, so so they should be solid. So they should be able, and they got they got the probably the best stable running backs in the conference. Maybe they don't have the best running back, singular, but the best. I mean, they got a foursome that I don't think anyone would, would uh, uh, can beat out. Uh, they got four guys that can lead the team in rushing every week. 
Oh, well, of course, they're going to lose Devon Ben, I have to say, and that's going to hurt a little bit. But I think what, he, what, they, what they get back is, uh, is definitely strong. They've got to find a playmaker on defense. They've got to find a couple of playmakers on defense. And they got to get Jordan Lewis turned loose, uh, find a way to use him, you know, all over the field. Well, Jim, it's going to be interesting. I guess just like everybody else, we're waiting to see what happens, uh, I guess, in the next 72 hours, maybe. <laughs> something like that. Something I gotta like believe that. that. I got to believe Monday we're going to know something. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I've heard Monday at 12 should be a conference, press conference. We'll see. I'm, I'm expanding a little bit. I'm going to say Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, but it very well could be Monday. And uh, we'll we'll see. And that's the biggest question. Uh, I may have to put my phone on mute. Now, well, I know that uh, there's a lot of talk about Eric Dooley. Yeah, coming well, coming back to coming home to Southern. You know, uh, I mean, it's it's good. It's I think that's the first place I'd look. That's uh, the first place I'd ask. So uh, it could be that uh, they're waiting for that black title game and. Uh, and if Fairview wins, they may have to wait two more weeks. That, that was some dates I was given, December 6, 7, and 8, and then 19, 20, and 21st. So if you're, you, you're uh, a detective, you know what that says. At least it points in that direction. Swag championship game, then the celebration game. That is going to be interesting. Jim? Appreciate the time. It's never a dull moment, some university athletics. My pleasure, I enjoy it. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> Take care, Jim. That was Jim Cloud Peter. He covers Southern University Athletics on the Abbey. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to come back and be more of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of
back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm joined by Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles is, uh, as you can see, he's at Fogel Arena, New Orleans, Louisiana. I tell you, him and Roy Evans are the, the two hardest working guys in sports today. Charles, a, a, a big game. Uh, hey, I'm putting the pressure on Alcorn State. Southern went in and beat Tulane for the first time in New Orleans. I think Alcorn has a shot today. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this is the biggest game of the non-conference schedule for Alcorn. It doesn't get any easier from here. You go to Houston, that was a Final Four team. You got Baylor on the schedule. You got Tulsa on the schedule. You got Wichita State on the schedule. You got Minnesota on the schedule. So when you look at these type of games, this is one clearly we can get. We beat Milwaukee uh, in our last game. We've had three games that we lost by four points or less. The team's getting better. Um, they got to continue to get better. Even Landon Bunsen talked with him last night. He admitted that this is a big game for momentum's sake. And here we got about a month before conference play starts, and you're seeing some big wins by teams in the conference. Jackson State in Louisiana. Uh, Grambling won a game uh, out of conference. Southern beat Tennessee State. Southern beat the Tulane team. So, you know, maybe we're starting to see some more of our swag teams win some of these quality games. And hopefully the Braves will be able to a- add to that if they can get it done here this afternoon. It's a, it's a big game, I think, as we switch, you know, with a month left before we get into conference. Some tougher teams are coming up, but this is one we can get. Well, you know, those non-conference wins, you know how they make me feel, Charles. It's It, it seems to be a, a, a bit of an improvement so far. And so when, when conference season starts, you know, I guess the more wins you have, it looks a little bit better than being 2-14 and 14 and 1-13. and 13. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot. It To me, it just – the excitement, it, it just kills some of the excitement. But basketball, because we're in a – in a, in a conference that football dominates week in and, and week out. But, hey, I, I like a, a, a winner no matter what sports. You want to win championships. You want to have a winning culture. And so the more wins in non-conference, the better. And i tell you something else. We, we're going to eventually talk about that as far as football, and specifically FAMU and Southeastern who went in the playoffs. And um, – we're going to discuss what you text me as well, Charles, about respect for the FCS playoffs. But um, I wanted to bring back Ossie Clark of the Grammar State Radio Network because uh, if you remember, I pre- predicted Southern to win, but I congratulate Coach T. Graves and also the G-Man for pulling out. And, I, and we both said this was going to be a tough ball game. Ossie, good morning to you. How are you all doing on this morning? Well, I, I, I'm doing doing okay. Honestly. I'll be honest with you, I could be better. <laughs> but hey, congratulations to Grambling and, and Coach Graves. Um, that was a, a a football game that Grandma State was able to take care of business. Absolutely, and I think those guys who played actually played very inspired football. Graves and uh, Coach Graves out there to those young men uh, all this year 
one trial after another, one after another. And Carlos, one of the things that I actually wrote on my scratch piece of paper in the third quarter game, and it was may have been five, I said something good must happen for the Grambling. And it just seemed touchdown was taken away. University had to come back, run a play, get into the end zone, and kick the extra point. The point was missed. We were how big a play was that on Saturday uh, to count immediately and and kick the extra point, which was grambling in a position tied so that Garrett ended the game and actually went Tigers. So it wasn't a around. I have to tip my Rollins and his staff at Southern doing an amazing job of having their guy as well. But for Grambling with many Grambling fans it wasn't possible for Grambling football game. Grambling played football, did what they needed to do to come. And all you can say is Coach Terrence Gray staff did an amazing job. Well, they did a, a, an amazing job. And if you would have told me that Grandma State would have rushed for, you know, 347 yards, 500 total yards, I, I guess I didn't see it. But then when I look back at Southern and Texas Southern, the Prairie View game, Coach Graves and Grandma State, they basically came in and said, we, we're going to shorten the game. We're going to dominate the time of possession. And they were able to run the football against Southern University. Charles, were you surprised that Graham was able to put up that many yards because they, they struggled offensively during the year? But, hey, when they counted the Bayou Classic, they were able to get it done. I absolutely was surprised um, that they were able to catch Southern for what they did. Just in that last drive, obviously, I mean, you know, I predicted Southern to win the game. And you know, I'm a grandma night. I just thought the experience that Southern had coming into the Bayou Classic, especially at the quarterback position, would be the difference in the game. But I didn't expect Grambling's defense to just give up so many yards on the ground. Big play after big play after big play on the ground. That last drive, you can tell that Southern had no answer defensively, and you knew that Grambling was kind of milking for all it was worth to kick the game-winning field goal. So I I was really surprised at, at, at how – Southern's defense just couldn't get off the field. But you got to give Bramling credit. This is what I've been talking about, guys. You got to stay with the run, even when it's not working. And there's only a couple of teams that that can do that. All Corps does it. And I think there's another team or two in this league that does it. But Bramling stayed with it. They saw it was working. They stayed with it, and it was productive. Not as, you know, I was surprised that it was as productive as it was. And, Ozzy, what does this do for Grandma State winning the, the Bayou Classic? Now they're searching for a, a, another coach. Does it set the atmosphere for Grandma State to really now uh, focus on getting back to 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 the Grambling way, as 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 the late great Coach Eddie Robson would say? Point. I think it does, and it helps the Grambling Tigers to actually who can come in and actually mention things the grambling way. Because let's just be real. 
Grambling, Grambling State University, they people. They honestly, why? Because they're a, they only know what it means. And when Grambling has bad seed, something for the entire community, for the university, it does the entire team. And so right now, on a high note, actually be, uh, look at recruiting from a different coach may be if help in the process of actually who's the right person for and the truth of the matter is Carlos who's the right person the world particular point but who must come in and keep the of Grambling State University going right now they have to ride this wave ride this actually get back on tr- bode well for whoever comes in Grambling has won the Bayou Classic every uh, for both institutions, especially in the recruiting and coach. When do you believe the the time frame will be? We we've talked about with Southern situation and and an important day is December the you know the fifteenth. Um, can what's the time frame for Grambling State to hire their next coach? Will it be very quickly? Will they try to meet that December 15th um, deadline or that that particular time because of then the early signing period starts? We'll actually have somebody in before this particular point. Um, I don't think that there should be a rush to get some. You can transition and get every. to recruit I think that the finding somebody that quickly ooh, is going to really depending on who you're looking to come in and be the head coach uh, could it happen for the 15th maybe by January January would probably be a better barometer or uh, a place to look to see for, for Grambling State University Coach by the first of the year, and able to get guys in and still do recruiting in the kids that are out there that haven't great student athletes. For I was just at Houston Neville game uh, on, and I'm telling you, uh, one athlete. So if you can get somebody recruit that uh, South Louisiana before you if you can find somebody who these guys that are in the north and pull those guys in whatever it is that has that ability to be very heavily and very well will rambling state university well i say we appreciate you joining in and uh, kind of giving the grammar state perspective once again congratulations to uh, coach graves the interim head football coach at Grambling State and, and the G-men with the with a big victory at 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 my feelings. Hey, but keep it in the family. Grambling State wins it fair and square. So congratulations once again. And uh, hey, I said we'll talk again real soon. Okay, Carl. And the one thing that I would leave today, uh thank you again. Thank you.
and go Tigers. All righty. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Aussie. You as well. Okay, thank you. That was Aussie Clark of the Grambling State Radio Network, kind of getting the Grambling's perspective on it all. Uh, a, a big win. Uh, Charles for Southern. Uh, fans, you know, disappointed, but, you know, I just get the feeling some of the fans now, though, it's over. Now, anticipation with who will be uh, the next coach. And, and Charles, you, you, and you hear, you hear a lot of names. Of course, Dooley, you hear that in the Eric Dooley, head football coach at Prairie View and them playing for the SWAC football championship. Then you also have here Kevin Sumlin's name. Really? Really? I just can't see that. Jerry Mack name services again. We'll, we'll know in, in, in 72 hours. My only criteria would be, well, one of them will be, uh, head, head football coach. He can, he, he could have been the head coach on the FBS level. FCS level, you know, Division two coaches that are want to step up and they have experience. But we'll, we'll see, Charles. I don't think Charles has forgot to turn turn the turn turn your mic up, Charles. <laughs> Unmuted. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Go. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I think if if that if the, if Southern's next head coach was already if their season was done, he would have been named already. I, I think it's pretty obvious to me. I mean, because teams are naming coaches left and right as the pieces are moving around. So I, I think it, it, it kind of narrows it down. Kind of narrows the field in terms of who Southern is looking at. If that coach was available, if he was. You know, if he moved on from his other job, another position to Southern, he would have been named already. So, right, and, and, right. the dates, and the dates that you talked about this week or maybe after the 19th, that means what? After the championship and or the celebration bowl? What does that tell you? I think I think that tells you a whole lot about Southern's situation. But what Ossie Clark said is interesting with Grambling's situation. He, he was kind of talking about waiting. championship game. Prairie View, of course, Jackson State, Jackson State on their home field. A 3 p.m. Central Standard Time start on ESPN 2, I believe. Um, who do you like in this ball game? I like Jackson State mainly because they're at home. We've seen, this is what, the third year in which we had the championship game played on campus 
towards Allport and Southern. First two cracks at it. It's an advantage playing at home. You work hard, you, you work your tail off to play a championship game at home. And Jackson plays well at home. Albeit they've been tested, Texas Southern, Bama State, Allport, they've been tested. But Jackson has found a way to make plays. This is a battle between a veteran quarterback and pass, a Louisville transfer versus a freshman, and Shadour Sanders. If Brave you can make Shadour Sanders a freshman and force him into those mistakes, I think Brave you wins the game. If not, and we saw that with the Southern game, you got to get home, you got to get to Sanders, you got to rattle him. If that doesn't happen, I think Jackson's going to win the game. Um, you don't know what Brave you team's going to show up. I mean, they haven't played well in the last month. You know, starting with that Bama State game, they were down, rallied in the second half to beat Bama State, didn't play well against the Alcorn until they were down big. Take the Texas A&M game out of it, but the Valley game, you know, some would say that Dewey rested people, but Braveview hasn't been Braveview in the last month of change. If that Braveview team shows up today, they're going to get blown off the field. Uh, and, but I, I do think Jackson, I think overall, is just a better team, that defense, that front four, Offensive and defensive line is really good. I think Jackson State's going to win the game. I think it's going to be 31 to 21, Jackson State. Well, if we look at offensively, if we had our box up on the screen and we have on offense, check mark goes to Jackson State up Prairie View and them. Prairie View and them offensively, when they're clicking, when they're playing well, they are truly a balanced football team offensively now they'll be going up against the best defensive team in the conference and, and, and you say the conference but could even could say in fcs so it's going to be interesting um during the the, the weekly press conference coach sanders talked about uh, no disrespect to pass but they're going to touch it they're going to lay hands on it and they're going to try to get to um uh mr pass but just on offense to offense, the most balanced team is actually Prairie View. Now, defensively, I, of course, you can put a big check mark, albeit Prairie View and them has improved from years past. No doubt about it. Jackson State is the better defense team. So, Charles, it's going to be interesting to see the matchup between Prairie View's offense that is balanced going against Jackson State's front seven. And, and really, truthfully, that's one of the factors, but that's the main factor for me. And then, two, I think Purdue and them has to get off to a good start. The last few games during this losing streak, throw out Texas and them as you stated. But they're going to have to get off to a good start. They got to start fast. And they want to control tempo. And then from the coach's standpoint, Coach Dooley has been at Purdue, what, four years? a veteran of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, Coach Sanders, no head coach experience on the collegiate level, but has a tremendous staff around him. So those are intangibles as far as coaching. What do you think about special teams, Charles? Warren Newman, Warren Newman on special teams, both punt kickoff returns for Jackson State is terrific. Um, he had like a 41-yard punt return against Alcorn. The ball went over his head, he got it. 41-yard punt return. Now, they didn't score on that drive, but Jackson State special team punt kickoff return is pretty good. And if Brady doesn't butt that up easily, that's going to flip the field, and you don't want to give that offense a short field. So I think that's going to be a huge, a huge, huge deal. Now, Coach Sanders talked about his kicking game. You know, 
in this big game, 50,000 people in the stadium. You're playing for all the marbles. Jackson State's kicking game can't go south. Because Coach Sanders has talked about that, especially on field goals and THC attempts. So I, I think, you know, that's going to be the key. On one hand, Frazier's front kickoff coverage, and then Jackson State's kicking game overall. That, you know, that could very well determine the outcome of the game. Well, I'm I'm going to predict, and some of my predictions have been, uh, I guess I've been up and down, consistently inconsistent as well, but um, I, I just believe Jackson State gets it done, you know, and uh, hey, everybody knows how I feel about that rivalry between Southern University and Jackson State, but you have to give credit, but credit is is due. They've been very consistent defensively. They've been very, very good. And you know what the scary thing is? If Jackson State consistently were able to get a running game going, they would be even more uh, devastating offensively. But Peripheal's going to have to try to get to uh, Sanders. They're going to have to do it. And once again, Peripheal, with their click and rolling, they can score points. We've seen it. I remember that Alcorn State game, getting down – uh, getting behind by a big number and then coming all the way back, if not for a fumble at Alcorn's 12, 13-yard line, they have a chance to win the, the, the football game. But but I, I believe Jack State will get it done there at home. Should be 50,000-plus in the SWAC championship. So that, that's my prediction. Uh, quickly, Charles, FAMU and Southeastern, you know, there was an incident in the stands, um, some – some foul language used, and I'm being nice about that. But on the field, uh, I, I just thought, fam, you, they, I, I use a basketball analogy. You don't want to play up-tempo. You want to establish the run if you're fam, you. And it just seemed like they play right into the hands of Southeastern, you know, throwing a lot of passes. They, 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 they should have ran the football and stuck with it and tried to have some success with that and, and keep the explosive offense of Southeastern off the field. But they played right into Southeastern's uh, hand, and, and and they lost the ball game. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was really excited for the matchup. I was excited as a black fan to see us back in the FCS playoffs. Um, you know, it's been a while, and I was glad that the commissioner was able to make that happen for us. Disappointed in saying you get. You gotta you gotta limit possessions by two and up the clock. Running the football, controlling the game, playing complimentary football. You gotta do all that in the postseason because you're not gonna get as many cracks at it. But you know, I'm I'm happy for FAMU, I'm happy for the swag. As an FCS guy, I love the playoffs. I wanna see us have some success in the playoffs. And I read all the posts about we shouldn't have been in the playoffs to begin with. That's garbage, that's bull with me. You know, you want to be the best at whatever level you're at. We forget about the fact that we are FCS conference. We want to be the best in that. We got the best of both worlds. We got the Celebration Bowl on one end, and you got the FCS playoffs. We know what the Celebration Bowl brings, even though the FCS playoffs financially doesn't bring it, but it still brings you stature in terms of trying to be the best in the FCS. I want to see it. I want us to do well in it. I want us to continue to stay with it and stay in it. And who knows what's going to be next year. But I'm, I'm all for the playoffs, and I hope I hope we eventually make a deep run at it one of these years. But I'm, I'm glad to see it. Congratulations to FAMU. 
just disappointed what happened in the stands. I mean, I was really sad to read all the commentary with that. That's so unfortunate. You know, there's some people on top of the side that said it didn't happen. I, I, and I don't know. But if it happened, shame on whomever. You know, because it's sad to see. So you take away from the experience. But congratulations, Sam, you, and I'm looking forward to whomever's the next representative in, in the fall of uh, 22 representing the SWAC and the MCS playoff. I'm all for it. And let's get it done. Let's get over that hump. Nope. All I'm saying, you know, we've had many debates about this. So financially, we, we understand. But for those institutions that want to participate in the playoffs, you know what I'm going to say, Charles. You can't wait till the playoffs to start playing these teams. You're going to have to start playing them in the regular season. Yes, home and home. I know they don't bring in a lot of fans. Who cares? You've got to start playing them in the regular season and having some success. That's the bottom line. That's how I feel about that. But congratulations to FAMU on a, uh, a very good season. I'm sure they look back at that Jackson State FAMU game, one point. Then the roles could have been switched. And boy, Jackson State against Southeastern. My mind wonders that defense against the explosive Southeastern offense. Okay, I'll just dream about that tonight, play it out in my mind, and see how that would have turned out. But, hey, Jackson State, congratulations playing for a championship. FAMU, successful season. Charles Southern University, a yucky season. Just yucky. Unacceptable. But, Charles, have a great broadcast. Appreciate you coming in, and we'll talk again next week. All right, Carlos, appreciate it. Should be a good one here. And uh, looking forward to the Swag Football Championship game. Yes, sir. Have a good one. That was Charles Etman of the Alcorn State Radio Network joining me uh, live from New Orleans. Alcorn and Tulane getting ready to play at uh, 1 o'clock, a basketball game. I'm going to take a quick timeout. When I come back, I'm going to visit with Brandon B.J. Jones. He's, he's the host of Inside HBCU Football. He's a Southern University alum. He played at Southern University. He transferred in to Southern University, played under the legendary Coach Pete Richardson. We'll talk with him about, of course, what's going on in Jackson today, his prediction. Also, we'll talk about his thoughts, personal thoughts on the Southern University coaching search. Who will it be? Will Rollins even be on the staff? It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, 
My colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change.
back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. As I wait for my next guest, Brandon B.J. Jones, and of course, following Brandon B.J. Jones will be Rod Walker of the New Orleans Advocate. He'll join me as well here on uh, the Coles Brown Show. I want to say good morning to uh, everyone. Uh, good afternoon now. See ya. <laughs> It's morning when we start. It's afternoon, uh, but after one hour. So good afternoon. Um, Michael says, good afternoon, guys. Uh, the Jackson State will have no problem defeating Prairie View. On another note, the Southwest National Conference really needs to play more schools like Southeastern during the regular season instead of NAIA, Division Three, and other cupcakes well I, I talked about it in the last segment with, with charles yeah but for those who want in those meaning institutions if, if if you want to get that at large bid you're going to have to start playing those teams that are constantly in the fcs playoffs and you're going to have to have some success so i i do agree with that uh, good afternoon now to uh, sandra good afternoon to uh gerald Good afternoon to uh, Michael. Michael says PV 100, Jackson State 10. Well, I can tell that's a, a Southern night, <laughs> a Southern follower. Don't like Jackson State. It is a healthy dislike. Kyle says, any updates on the Southern University coaching search? Well, I was told, Kelly, that here's some dates to remember. The day is December the 4th, 6th, 7th, 8th is what I was told. Now I hear a press conference scheduled for Monday at noon. And so the dates that I was told from my inside source, you know that word, source, inside source, December 6th, 7th, and 8th. Then he gave me some other dates, December 19th, 20th, and 21st. Now, what do those dates mean? Swag Championship is today. Prairie View and Jackson State. Then the Celebration Bowl is over with on December 19, 2021. So if you put two and two together, one would say it's it's Coach Dooley. Now, let me, let me add this, too. Again, as I wait for uh, Brandon B.J. Jones, Grandma State is out of a firm. They're looking for a uh, a coach, and so Eric Dooley name is it, it, it's the name that you hear. Also, some of my other colleagues have mentioned Kevin Sumlin, who was the head football coach at Houston, who was the head football coach at Texas A and M. He was fired at Texas A and M, and then he moved on to University of Arizona. And he was fired from there. So he may meet the criteria of, and what I was told, don't be surprised if it's someone who has had a football coaching experience on the FBS level and FCS. But also, I could think of a, a, a of another guy who hasn't had head football coach experience on the FBS level, but he was a former coach head football coach at North Carolina Central, Jerry Mack. Hugh Jackson name. 
you've heard that name. So really, it's we're speculating. We think we know who it is, but I guess we're going to have to wait and, and see whether the press conference is Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. The latest I'm hearing, Monday at 12 noon. So I guess if, if, if you're looking at it from that perspective, and if you put per, percentage-wise in, 80, 75%, 80%, Eric Doolin, then it could be someone else. And I also was told that the coaching search never ended. It was going on even during the regular season. Here's Marlon said. Marlon says someone has to be really desperate to uh, be interested. Look at a criteria. And I've also been told that Southern is going to up the ante as far as what they're willing to pay. That's also from a source. From 250, 260 to 350,000. I would think, where are they going to get that extra $100,000, $90,000? I know that they have uh, projects that are scheduled to start. Starting those projects in the athletic department across the campus. But what what time frame are you looking at? Some projects they'll be able to start, I guess, within 18 months or less. Some are going to be, uh, you know, a longer range to get completed. But if completed and, and if done, even in that time frame, that's going to really help out, you know, new dorms, uh, indoor practice facility, parking garage. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But back to the football search, that that's the latest. And I thought about something else, and I just want to bring this up. Don't kill a messenger, okay? You remember when Coach Stump Mitchell, and I put it in this framework, Coach Mitchell came on and he kept one person from the previous staff. You remember who that was? That was Coach Eric Dewey. And in, in some cases, a new coach will keep one person sometimes too, to kind of have that be that liaison between you have commitments that have committed. And that's why I asked the question earlier. And I'll direct this to BJ as well, BJ Jones. You have student athletes who have committed. They haven't signed, but they've committed to Southern University. Was it because of the school itself, the coach and the staff, or was it a combination or was it both factors? And so do you keep someone on to be that go-between guy between the previous staff only because of the commitments that you have? Or do you say, no, you wipe the slate clean, We'll still go after those commitments and try to sell the, the, the university and the football program. So all of this is a domino effect. When they're able to 
announce a coach, then we'll kind of we'll be able to see what is going to happen then as far as when they get it done, when they announce it. But with this Southern University football team, and, and you you you've seen it, team undisciplined, underachieved. The football team in the second half had problems scoring. One dimensional. And by the way, to Terry Carter, best of luck. He's going to move on to Southern University and, and try to make it to the next level in the NFL. I think he has a shot to be drafted. Just my humble opinion. But offensive line, defensive line, as it was told to me, the way Odom's had it set up, he had, and I guess in, in, mo- in, in most cases, you may have 12 offensive linemen on scholarship, 12 defensive linemen on scholarship. It was heavily scholarship players to offensive defensive line. And what I was told, 18 offensive linemen on scholarship, 17 on defense. And so you need, and the next coach comes in, he's going to have to make some tough decisions. He's going to have to come in and look at it. You're deficient in my humble opinion. I understood what Jim said. Clyde Peter, my other guest, my first guest. But you need help from a receiver standpoint. I still think you have to bring in some quarterbacks. You got Blood and Boney. Hadn't seen the field. You see them at practice. They're back. You definitely need to upgrade at the linebacker position. And then, I don't know, if it, it, it was just me, but that value classic, I saw a lot of the back of the jerseys of the defensive backs. They were chasing people all – just wasn't good. So those areas that you're deficient at, you know, I think you're going to have to take a hard look and look at taking some, some of those scholarships from – you got 18 offensive linemen – then I think you need to take six from there. Take five from the defensive line. And when they come in, that's some, kind of some of the decisions they're going to have to make. And use those scholarships to go after some, some very desperate areas you need upgrade. Also, from a team speed on defense, was it me or did just all season? I guess it was more glaring in the Bayou Classic. And I guess some will say other games as well. You need to upgrade the team speed defensively. It's always seemed like you step slow. And did you see number 54? I saw him on several occasions screaming at the sideline like something wasn't right. And he's a defensive lineman, Devin Cotton. Team you had talent, but if you're not disciplined, if you're undisciplined. That's it's not just not gonna cut it. That really is not gonna cut it. So there you are. Coach Banks has to nail this hire. You can say Southern football is at the crossroads. Everyone is upgrading, everyone's getting better. You gotta get it done. And Charles Edmund talking about blowing up the team and starting over. I don't know about that, but I think you're going to have to be patient. 
I don't think that the program is this far off, but you just have to get some corrections done. And then one of the most important things, whoever is the head football coach, you've got to have an outstanding staff around you. You got to do it. You got to have it. And then when I'm looking at this Southern University football team offensively, I've stated over the weeks, man, offensively, they're one-dimensional. When have you ever seen Southern? You can go back and look. This year, the last time I looked, they were 10th in passing in the conference. Could have slipped. There are 12 teams in the conference. Last three years of Odin, they were near the bottom. My point is, when have you seen Southern University not be able to throw the ball consistently and stretch the field and attack vertically? You had a team, you can go back when Eric Randall was a quarterback under Coach Richard. They were a balanced football team. Who was the last time you've seen an offense that was really balanced for Southern University? And defensively, you got to be able to play man-to-man sometimes. You just got to. And then tackling in space. Those are some of the things that you see across the board in college football. You just got to get better at it. I'm going to take another time out. When I come back, I'm going to look at some more comments, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to read them for you. Uh, hopefully, we'll have uh, B.J. Jones. If not, then I'm going to switch gears, and, and, and I'm scheduled to talk with Rod Walker, the New Orleans advocate. Must I talk about the Saints? Yeah, well, Saints and Southern disappointing. But in the Saints' case, a lot of it has been injuries, and and offensively, They've had troubles. When Winston went out with an injury, offense is just not getting it done. Receivers, not getting it done. Drop balls, a defense that stays on the field a lot, and they're they're starting to wear down now. But take a timeout. I'll be back. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. 
Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time Way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Um, Dwight has a, a interesting question: Is that willingness to increase the pay of the coach and increase in the budget for the coaches, or will the extra money be taken from other areas, such as the funds for the assistant, quality assistants, a special position coaches, are as important as the head coach? And that's very interesting. What I've been told, they're willing to increase the pay for the head football coach. But now, again, where's that? Where are they going to get that money? You know, is that on the high end? And I know the market says, hey, you had Coach Farms, former coach at Grambling State. He was making an excess of 300000 Coach Sanders, plus with his incentives, he's going to be making uh, more. Southern's willingness to increase the pay, where are they going to get it from? And is that what the market is, is demanding? And then two, um, what makes a great point, when you look at position coaches, and we've talked about it before, I've talked to several, present of position coaches and former, they need to be paid more. And so it, you have an entire athletic football budget if the head coach is making x amount of dollars i think it, it doesn't leave as much money for the uh, uh, uh the assistant now the coordinators are paid a little bit better but the position coaches you, you're absolutely right you've got to have quality position coaches and coordinators so with that being said where are some university gonna get that if if what I've been told, if that if that's correct, then where where's that money going to come from? Do they have it already budgeted in? Coach Rollins was making what two hundred and fifty, two hundred sixty thousand as an interim tag. So you talk about increasing. If that's the case, from two fifty to three fifty, look at hundred thousand dollars. Boy, Mike says hi, hi Ed Ogeron. Wow, I think. Uh, what is he getting? 17 million to not coach anymore at LSU? Wow. I don't see that happen, Mike. Also, let me read another comment. Dwight says, we are playing FCS playoff teams. We need to start defeating them if we want to be ranked high enough to be invited to the playoffs 
and to earn more respect within the FCS. I would agree with that, but I think you're going to have to start playing more of those teams, especially if you want an at-large bid to get in the FCS playoffs. Now, I'm, you know, I, I try to be consistent. I'm no fan of the SCS playoffs because it's not a moneymaker. It's a moneymaker for the NCAA, but it's not for the participants. But for those who want to see their teams get into the FCS playoffs, yeah, you got to start playing them in the regular season and having some success. That's the way I look at it uh, or is that. I see Rye Walker is, I guess, just about ready to uh, join us. Uh, B.J. Jones, um, I don't know what happened with B.J. must have been something that caused him not to appear on this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. But to recap quickly, uh, Southern loses to Grandma State in the 48th Annual Bayou Classic, 29-26. and 26. Jaguars fall to four and seven on the season overall, three and five. That's it. Hey, now the clock is ticking. Will there be a press conference this Monday at 12 noon or Tuesday or Wednesday to announce another coach to lead the program? We talked about the team underachieving. You had tremendous talent, but in some areas, some areas we just have to look at it critically. They were deficient. But the next guy who's going to take over for Southern University, he's going to have his work cut out for him. And, and, and guess what? I'm going to have to be patient. Um, I always talk about a grace period and not having a long one. From, a, I guess, a number one to ten, ten being the best, one the lowest, I think Southern football program for us, talent-wise, seven, eight, somewhere along that line. But no matter how much talent you have, you got to have discipline. And this team underachieved all season. Coach Rollins, some have said, was set up to fail. Taking over a, a football program three months be, you know, before the regular season, which was fall 2021. You, you've heard stories of internal problems during the season. All of that's going to have to be cleared and cleared quickly, if you know what I mean. And a Southern football head coach, no matter what sport, it never should be a head coach comes on with no experience. It's not a job where it's on-the-job training. And then also expectations. That's always going to be high at Southern University. And so the next coach will have to meet that and, hey, yeah, I still going to have to be patient, but how patient is the Jaguar Nation is going, going to be with the next hire? The person has to come in hitting the ground running. Do you go with someone who knows the conference? I've had some of you say, look, I'm tired of recycling coaches from within the conference. Go outside the conference. We, we've seen that where it, it, it has worked. Go back to Coach Pete Richardson. But he had experiences in black college football at Winston-Salem State. Then it came to Southern University. For the most part, you saw what happened. Did outstanding. First year, 11-1. and 
Coach Odoms came in. His first year, he ended up four and seven. But the powers that be saw something to say, hey, let's let's get extend his contract from the interim basis. And Coach Odoms, what one championship back to back, a swag championship appearances. And then back-to-back, defeating Jackson State for the one championship and then losing to Alcorn State. That that was his waterloo. You know, Jackson, uh, excuse me, Alcorn State, and then um, playing out of conference against some of the bigger teams like McNeese. Did, didn't do well, Northwestern State. So that's where we are. SWAC championship game today, Prairie View and Jackson State. Prairie View, that a team, when they're clicking, they're coming in, what, a three, three-game losing streak? Just got taken to the woodshed against Texas A&M. We know that. Lost last week to Mississippi Valley State, who, by the way, congratulations, a, a program that, hey, you know you've been in the battle. They have improved. They're the Jackson State team that's been consistent all year defensively, they only lost to ULM 12 to 7. Defensively, they get after people. They bring pressure. On the back end, they've got people that can play man to man. They're going to come after. That's going to be a great matchup. A previous offense that is balanced against a Jackson State defense that just simply comes at you. And then FAMU in the first round of playoffs in the FCS against Southeastern. Boy, I I just thought FAMU had an opportunity, and I thought they should have uh, ran the football. And you got to keep running, even if you're not having success at first. And you don't want to get into a shootout with Southeastern. Control the tempo, time of possession. Then you have a shot. But. Southeastern, uh, offensively, one of the best teams I've seen in, in recent memory. They can get it done. I'm going to take another quick time out if I can do that, and we'll set it up with uh, Rod Walker joining me next here on the Coles Brown Show, exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. You hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine.
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. My next guest, and he's looking good, Rod Walker. Maybe he can keep give me some sanity in all of this. Rod <laughs> Walker, a times picking you in the New Orleans Advocate. Rod, good afternoon for you. What's going on, man? It's a college football day. I'm sitting here, got Baylor and Oklahoma State on my TV, and I'll be watching TV all day, I guess. Yeah, I was messing with you before we came back on. I, I, I thought maybe you would be in Jackson, Mississippi, for the SWAT <laughs> championship between Jackson State and Prairie View. Yeah, you know, I was like I was saying, man, I, I thought about going and just talked myself out of driving and just decided to stay home and watch all these conference championship games on TV today. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing that one. I think um, – I mean, I know Prairie View's struggled here down the stretch, but – you know, you just never know. I think they have a good team, and I don't know how much they put into last week's game against Valley. I mean, they had already locked up the the Eastern uh, Division. So, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll play well today, so we'll see. We'll see. 3 p.m. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that uh, if we can, Rod. Um, you covered the Bayou Classic press conference. You, you covered the game. If, if I say I'm, I'm disappointed in the, in the loss of Grambling State, and by the way, congratulations, Coach T. Graves um, cut his teeth coaching at Southern University under legendary Coach Pete Richardson, but they they, they got it done, uh, Rod, in, in that ball game. So hats off to Grambling State. What were your thoughts about uh, the game and then, then coming into the game as far as the press conference? Uh, I think um, as far as the game, I mean, actually, I mean, I thought Southern would win that game. I mean, just based on uh-huh. what we were seeing all season. And, yeah, they just – I mean, Grambling got it done at the end. And uh, I thought Grambling, you know, they probably played a little better than Southern that day. And that's what you want to do. And, um, obviously, if Coach Rollins, <laughs> if he really wanted to keep that job, I don't know if <laughs> – and I think that probably sealed it for him. I don't, I don't think he – you know, I think they move – I think they move in a different direction. And uh, – I'm sure. I mean, I've talked to, you know, some people, just some Southern fans. I mean, not not people in the know, but, I mean, I think most Southern fans I've talked to, I mean, they kind of want to see this, you know, they want to see the school go in a different direction as far as head coach. Boy, you know, moving in another direction. That's a famous saying at Southern University <laughs> with, 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 with uh, hiring coaches. But, you know, we hadn't really talked about this part. So I, I, I talked with you, Rod, and once again, I appreciate you coming on. Um, Attendance, 55,000 back in uh, New Orleans after years absent. What does it mean for, for, the, for the, the game itself in the city of New Orleans, having that Bayou Classic back in New Orleans? I think it means everything. I mean, that's where that game belongs. I remember talking to uh, – yeah, I can't with the Grambling quarterback, Elijah Walker, I guess. Walker. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I talked to him after the game and just asked him, you know, how, how different was this than being in Shreveport last year? And he said, you know, it's like night and day is basically what he said. And even talking to some of the coaches during the, both coaches in the press conference, I mean, they, you know, they both, you want the game in New Orleans. I mean, it's just, it's just New Orleans is the Bayou Classic. I mean, that's what, a part of what makes it what it is. It's not just about those teams, but it's also about those teams playing in New Orleans. So it was definitely good to have it back. I didn't go to Shreveport, um, back in the spring when they played. So I don't really know how it was. I watched it on TV and it didn't, it didn't feel the same, but uh, I just think it belongs in the, in this city, man. It just seems like a perfect marriage. And, and speaking of that, and you maybe can get a feel at, at, at the press conference. I, I just had to watch like, you know, 
excerpts from there. Coach Graves, being at Southern University and at Grammar now, he, he seemed to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, and it's okay to disagree, Rod, he seemed to be more comfortable, you know, at, at the press conference, the excerpts oh. that I saw. But, but you know, with Rollins, I don't know, his person, it just seems like he's kind of different. Yeah, man, you know, and I ain't covered Southern all year, so, I mean, I'm a, I want to be fair. So my only right. impressions of Rollins is what I saw that Monday at the press conference. And uh, I didn't I didn't even go to Southern post game because I ended up writing about the about the Gremlin kicker. So I didn't talk to Rollins after the game. But, you know, in the press conference, I mean, both coaches got up and spoke, and Rollins, he may have talked for 30 seconds. I don't even know if he was even that long. He just kind of, you know, you can just tell he's not a guy that's real comfortable in front of the cameras and stuff. And, and that's fine. I mean, everybody's, you know, different coaches have different personalities. But, you know, I think as a football coach, I mean, the football coach is pretty much like the – that's the face of the university. I mean, you look at yeah. – if I ask you who the coach is at Jackson State or or any other school, Alabama, Mississippi, anywhere, I ask you who the coach is, the football coach is, you know who that is. If I ask you who the president is, you have no idea. So the football coach is the face of the, of the school pretty much. And, you know, I, don't, I just don't know if he's – um, like, like I said, just not comfortable in that in that role. It almost seemed like, and you know, I think that that could hurt him too. I mean, he, if he had his booming personality, like, and I, I know I keep using Dion for an example, but if he was that kind of personality, you know, that might overcome some of the the problems you have on the field as far as wins and losses. But you know, I think when you're not, you didn't have a winning record, and you don't have that persona that you know everybody's like rallying around I just think it's a probably just a bad combination and I, I just don't thought I don't know if he sold himself well enough to, to win that job yeah well definitely got to win if, and if your personality is kind of laid back or withdrawn yeah it helps to uh win and, and speaking of win, winning so I guess we can wrap up um the, the, the southern Grambling com- conversation in the 40th annual uh, Bayou Classic you think attendance um, was good because of, you know, COVID going on and then, you know, in Shreveport in the, in the spring. Attendance, you believe was good? I thought it was good, especially considering these teams weren't playing for anything. I mean, you know, for the past, I think I've covered about five or six years in a row, and it seemed like most of those years at least one of the teams was still sort of in the mix and they had a shot at winning the uh, – the Eastern, no, the Western, the Western side, I guess. Yeah, the Western division. So this time they weren't playing for anything. And I just think, you know, you got that on, on top of, you know, COVID. And I thought, I thought the was pretty good considering all things considered and two teams that obviously weren't going in the, in the, in the right direction. So, yeah. Yeah. And Grandma had just, Grandma had just fired their coach, you know, what, two weeks before that. So, yeah. I mean, I think, and I talked to – I remember – forgot who it was. Somebody from Grambling was like, yeah, a lot of Grambling fans decided they weren't coming because they weren't even satisfied with them, you know, getting rid of uh, fives at that at the time that they did. I mean, a lot of Grambling people thought, you know, they could have just let them ride the season out and then make the change. And to this yeah. day, I don't know why they didn't do that. <laughs> but just well, seems I like – Yeah, right. What, what I was told was, you know, from, from a source that – he was offered the chance to coach it, but I guess being disappointed, being you know let okay. go, okay, he declined. But now that's what I was told. Okay. Um, well, if that's I, the case, I mean that's you know that's 
that's a little different than if they had already made the decision and he decided he didn't want to finish it off, then that that actually makes a little bit more sense than them just saying, no, nah, you're gone right now. So, okay. Right. But, but, but again, coach, coach Graves, T Graves, affectionately known as, um, experience in the body class and he has the unique perspective being on both both sides southern university side and the ground state i i knew he was gonna have a prepare yeah, I, I i picked southern as well and um but I, I i knew it was gonna be a battle i knew coach graves was gonna have him ready yeah and and i so, didn't i hadn't met coach graves before the press conference mm-hmm. i i asked him you know I, we had the little session where the cameras are around and we talked to him so we talked to him for about 10 minutes but then I was doing a story on his relationship with Coach Richardson. And I kind of needed him yes. a little bit longer. And, um, you know, we just we, – we got to the side. And we talked for another, like, 15 minutes, man. He was – and I've talked to a lot of coaches over the years, man. He was, like, one of the better guys I've talked to. I mean, he just was just so down to earth and just telling his story and his respect for Coach Richardson, man. It was just great to talk to him. And yeah, uh, when I interviewed him after the game, Coach Richardson was, was right on the um, sideline waiting to shake yeah. his hand, you know. So, yeah, they have a – a, a, a unique relationship that goes back to, you know, goes back to Winston-Salem when Coach Richardson was there and when Coach Gray was playing there. So, uh, yeah, it was it was great to see. It was just really great to meet him, man. He was like – he seemed like a really genuine dude. Yeah, great, great read. I mean, you, you can even still go back and, and read that. It, it, it gives a uh, a great perspective on, on Coach Graves and, and being a work and employed under both – uh, institutions and and the story about Coach Graves' uh, father making the you know asking Coach Richardson to promise him to take care of uh, Coach Graves and then giving him his, his start coaching and the same thing with what with Coach Doolin, you know played under Coach Robinson and then right. cut his teeth coaching under Coach Pete Richardson. So uh, one would think that Southern is consulting with Coach Richardson on some. Something now, Rod. Thirteen minutes left. It, it's it's been painful this year with the Jaguars. That's my alma mater, and then the Saints. But you know, I, I have to get people to calm me down because the Saints have had a lot of injuries. And what what are they on now? Four or five game losing streak. Five. Yeah. See, I was trying to forget that five <laughs> game losing streak. Can are they capable of winning a couple more games? Or is that tough? They're going to be tough. Based on, I mean, obviously they're going to get some of these guys healthy, but if this team, if they played the New York Jets with the exact same roster they had the other night with no Teron, no Ryan Ramchick, no Alvin Kamara, yeah. I don't think this team could beat anybody else in the league, man. I just, I don't. The offense is just not good, man. They can't score points. They can't drive the field and score nobody. Every time they score now, it's like, in the fourth quarter, the other teams, you know, in relaxed mode pretty much. But, I mean, the Saints haven't – in this five-game winning streak, they have yet to score in the first quarter. They've only scored – I think it's nine, maybe thir- – I think 13 points in the second quarter. So, they're getting off to these really slow starts. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're getting off to slow starts. They're just not good. It's just <laughs> – they're just not – they're just not good. And then they they scored like 60-something points in the fourth quarter. And, again, that's because the game's out of hand and, you know. So, um to answer your question, I, you, you get Kamara back and you get the two tackles back. I think this team can, you know, I think you might can win two of these next three. I mean, you got to beat the Jets. If you don't beat the Jets, it's over. I mean, that, but that's not a game. That's not a guaranteed win at all. I mean, going to New York in, in December, 
with Taysom or Trevor Simeon. I mean, it's just not a good recipe to, you know, to win a game. So um, it could be rough here. They, they, they go to, they go to Tampa still. They're going to lose that one by 30 probably. I mean, Tampa's going to drill them. You can write that down. They're right? going to remember that, that gonna, first yeah, game. Right. Um, and then after that, they got the two division games. Oh, they got the Dolphins at home on a Monday night. Dolphins are playing a little better. That was not a gimme. Carolina comes here. That's that's one you should win. I mean, McCaffrey's out for the season. I mean, you should beat Carolina, but, you know, they lost to him earlier. Uh, then you go to Atlanta, and I don't know if that's oh. – so. Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna feel sorry for the Saints, and and and, and I guess Rod, let's just say this. And by the way, we throw our predictions out, but we uh, when you were on last time about uh, the, the the Saints. But what happens with Winston? And I know the injury is out for the year. Will he will he be brought back? Will they upgrade uh, the quarterback? position where else do they need help at I, I guess i'm looking ahead to next year yeah yeah i mean it's it's almost time to start looking ahead <laughs> um to me man with winston i mean i liked winston i think if winston was playing this year i think this team is i mean if winston's playing if michael thomas is playing mm-hmm. i'm not even having this conversation right now i don't think i mean they're still not a great team but i mean they're instead of being five and seven they're probably seven and five you know somewhere around there i mean that's about I mean, this isn't a Super Bowl team, even with Thomas, uh, with everybody. It wouldn't be a Super Bowl team. But um, to me, I think if you can get a an elite quarterback, because I don't think – I mean, I think Jameis is a good mm-hmm. – probably a little bit above. I mean, I, I call him, you know – I'm not going to call him great, but I think he's a really good quarterback. But if you can get an elite quarterback, you can get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I think you have to do that. If not, mm-hmm. I mean, I just think – yeah, I mean, maybe you do roll with Jameis Winston, but you still – they got to get some better receivers, even with Michael Thomas. I mean, those other guys, man, they're not – they're just right. dropping like routine balls. It's just, I mean, Kenny Steele has really struggled ever since – I mean, ever since he brought him back. I mean, he hadn't caught anything, you know, that, that first interception the other night. I mean, Steele should catch that. Um, but this team just isn't good. They're not good enough to be making all these mistakes. and mm-hmm. um, They just can't overcome them. I mean, they had these – Crazy penalties, and then they get – I mean, obviously they got a, a bad call the other night on that blind side block or whatever that was. But everything has to go perfectly for this team to, to win. And when it doesn't, you're going to see a lot of these losses like we've been seeing the past five weeks. Ron, let me ask you this. The situation with Michael Thomas, do you have enough assets? I guess let me ask you a question. Michael Thomas, do the Saints – part ways with him do they maybe to use to get a a quarterback but then he's still depleted at wide receiver yeah but I think if you can I think they probably would I think I think there's some receivers out there that I mean you probably I think Michael Thomas is probably more replaceable and I like Michael Thomas a lot I mean I think he's really good but I think if you got a chance to upgrade at quarterback, you have to just take your chances. But this team has to go into this offseason knowing that they're not good at receiving. Because this past offseason, we talked about it all offseason, like, hey, the Saints need to get a receiver, and they didn't address yeah. it. They just assumed that 
I don't know what they were thinking. They just said, okay, we're going to make do with these guys because I guess they had guys like Colson, you know, those guys back in the past who weren't big names and they made it work. And a lot of that because Drew Brees was probably so accurate that, you know, he was putting the ball right where you need it and you couldn't drop it almost. But, yeah, they got to address the receiver position, man. It's just they got to do something. And obviously if you let Michael Thomas go, you really got to address it because you're losing him and <laughs> – and then you got these other guys. So yeah, I wonder what's the relationship between Thomas and 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 Sean Payton and, and management. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm just sensing it's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems that way. And I mean, obviously, we had those reports about when his injury first happened and how that was handled, and the teams weren't, you know, Michael wasn't returning calls, and you know, all those reports that we saw out there back in the summer. Um, so we don't really know, but. You know, Mike's been on the – he was on the sidelines at a couple of games. A lot of times I don't know if he's there or not, but you know, we don't get to go in the locker rooms anymore. So, um, I don't know what the relationship's like, and I don't know how happy Mike is. You know, um, this is a guy that's – you know, he's played his career with Drew Brees too, and I don't know if he wants to – I mean, he, mm. I'm sure he'd be okay, I guess, playing with Jameis. But, man, you watch the, you watch these last few games, like, man, do I want to come to, you know, play with this team? So, um, I don't know if he's happy or not. Um, I can't answer. He he's the only one that can answer that. Man, I, and then defensively, the Saints. You know, I, I just think they they're they're a tired defensive team. I mean, they're on the field. Some of your offense not giving you anything. And um, you know, looking at one of the as they still best team in the NFL against the run. Um, they can improve in the past defense, but man, they. <clears throat> They're tired group. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're on how many snaps average a game? Yeah, I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah, I don't know what that number is, but, I mean, you look at – because when they play, I mean, the defense still plays pretty good for the most part. <clears throat> but they'll give up a few big plays, and that's, you know, some missed tackles and stuff that you don't really see from them. And that's – I think a lot of that's just fatigue, man. You've been out there and you get a little sloppy because you, you're tired, and that's why you see those kind of plays and, you know – I mean, defense, they keep you in the game, but, man, they need to, you know, be able to get some get some help, and, you know, it's just not happening. I know, the other night, even, like, when Marshawn Lattimore had that interception, I remember telling the person sitting beside me, like, man, he probably needs to take that one to the house because his offense is not going to score. Just oh, 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 wow. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're right. They got to get help from it. I mean, defense has to score points, or special teams has to score points. Deontay Harris on special teams hadn't really – giving him a whole lot like he has, like he did his rookie season when he was all pro, I mean, but that's how bad his offense is. They need help, like, you know, just any kind of field position they can get any advantages in that area. They they just got to make it work, and, you know, they just – they don't do the little things, man. Taysom takes that sack on third down, takes him out of field goal range the other night. That's three points that we don't even know if they would have got the three points because the kicking game is so bad. So, I mean, that just kind of tells you – you know where this team is, man. You just it has to be they have to play like perfectly in the game. It, it's rough. Saints, Southern. Uh my, my I guess my number two NBA team, and you know, I take some heat for that, the Pelicans. Boy, isn't it? I, I mean, Zion, wow. You know, not that I could talk, I mean, you know, but goodness, he seems like he has been enjoying the the, the food tremendously in New Orleans and overall coach green 
outstanding young coach, but man, it, it, it's been rough for the professional teams in New Orleans. Yeah, and, and to the Pelicans' credit, I mean they're they started one in twelve, I think it was. They're like six and six the last twelve games. I mean, it, it seems like they're doing some things right. Uh, still inconsistent. I mean, they got blown out by Dallas the other night. Uh, and then they came back and beat Dallas, you know, last night. So they're just kind of the ups and downs of this team. But yeah, Zion's latest the latest news on him is you know we thought he was coming back really soon, and now they're saying you know he has some more soreness in his heel, in his foot or whatever, and. Um, it's kind of pushed that date back some more. So tomorrow, uh, I guess it's Sunday or, yeah, he will have missed just as many games as he's played since he's came to the NBA. Uh, it's like, I can't remember the number, 80-something, wow. 80-something. 80 80 so it, it will he will finally help. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not good. I mean, this guy's been – this is his third season, and we haven't seen him a lot. When we have seen him, now he's been really good. I mean, last year he was phenomenal, man. And you have to think if you put him in this – on this roster with the way Jonas um, Valanciunas is playing and the way Brandon Ingram is playing, you, you think this team could be, you know, pretty good with him. I mean, they'd be a hard team to stop, but man, you can't get him on the court. I mean, he's sitting on the bench in street clothes and I know it has to be frustrating for these fans. I mean, they went through the same thing with, you know, Anthony Davis who was always hurt when he was here. So you hate to see it, but yeah. Wow. That's the state of New of uh, Louisiana football. Tulane won two games. Uh, Southern and Grambling both had losing seasons. Uh, other than you, you know, Louisiana Lafayette's the only team that that really did something this season. And they so, lost their coach. He's going Napier. Yeah, yeah. Napier is going to uh, Florida. Yeah. Louisiana Tech's hiring a, a, a new coach. Wow, been rough, man. <laughs> Michael Thomas, Zion Williams. Wow. Could be out of New Orleans, I think. And uh, I guess I won't be accused of tampering, but uh, I read an article back about Ingram. One of the spots he would love is the Miami Heat. <laughs> but I don't know. That's a different culture there in Miami, you know. I mean, boy, if you get, but if you got Williams in Miami, I bet you they will get him to be in shape. All the time. It's a different mindset of culture there. But uh, let me stop for I'll be get accused of tampering. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a, you know, we, a lot of this is Zion's responsibility. I mean, it's his body. He needs to take care of it. But I think the team, and I don't know what they do, but they got to like, I don't know if he needs his own nutrition. I mean, you just got to sit him down and say, look, man, this is what we're going to do. This is what you're eating. This is what, you know, you, mm-hmm. you got to be hire someone. Yeah. You just, yeah. I mean, that's what, this is the NBA. This is a job. This isn't, just, and I think a lot of that man Zion, I mean, he's been so much better than everybody he's played against his whole life. Uh, but the NBA doesn't work like that. This ain't high school, this ain't college. You got to put some other work in. It ain't just going out there and being better and picking up a ball. It's you, I mean, you got to take care of your body. I mean, that's why, that's why LeBron's been so successful for so long. I mean, he knew, he understood the importance of. Know, taking care of his body, Michael Jordan, all those guys. I mean, that's what separates the greats from in any mm-hmm. sport. Tom Brady, all them guys, man. You, that's important. Well, appreciate the time. Quickly, Rod, prediction, or did you give it already? Swag championship. Bro. Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot on that one. Oh, we know who you're going to say, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. We on the air. Some Jackson people might be watching this too, and I got to go back home one day. Uh, <laughs> no, I do think seriously. I, I think Jackson State defenses, man, they've been they play pretty good all season long, and 
Um, I do expect it to be a close game. I think Prairie View will play better than what we've seen the past three weeks. So I'm going to say Jackson State 21. I'm making it close. 21 to 20. Jackson State. Ooh. Closer than I would have it. but uh, <laughs> What's your score? What you got? I got Jackson State winning, but I'm going to say it's going to be 35-28. Okay. Man, I don't know if they can score that many Jackson State, but if they score, yeah, that pains me to say that, but uh, <laughs> it is the truth. And um, and I like going to Jackson with my Southern paraphernalia on. I I just love the intensity. It's a healthy <laughs> dislike. Oh, I love that rivalry. <laughs> I do too, man. It's a great one, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Watch as much football as you can. Appreciate it, and uh, let's see if we can get together again real soon. All right, man. I appreciate it always, Carlos. All right, take care. Bye. That was Rod Walker of the Task Picking Union and New Orleans Advocate. Want to thank Roy Evans producing today's show. Guest Charles Edmund, Aussie Clark. Also, uh, Rod Walker. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk with BJ Jones, but I'm sure we'll be able to get him next week. Don't forget Coles Brown show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, as always, peace and God bless.